dives in for the touchdown. Did he get it? Yes, sir, he did. Touchdown to Detroit Lions. You're listening to the One Podcast. Welcome into another episode of the One Pridecast. I'm Tori Petri, and as will be the norm during the regular season, I'm joined by Lomas Brown on the other side of the table. Hey! Gotta get the hey in there. <laughs> I paused for it. Lomas, it's uh, good to see you back from Arizona. Yes. That was a uh, tough road trip for it the It really was. I enjoyed the weather, Tori. It was a little hot out there, but you know I'm from Miami, so I enjoyed the weather. It was nice to get out in the sun and everything. It was nice to be back in the valley of the sun but i wish we could have came out of there with a victory certainly it was uh definitely a strange game i've never covered a tie before (laughs) really was that your first time it was my first time wow congratulations how many ties have you had in Uh, your career i probably had only a couple i've had three three ties out of 18 years so they don't happen a lot yes as a a player how frustrating is a tie (sighs) Depends on what shoe the foot is on, Tori. If I look at our game for the Lions, ah, I I can't say that was a positive time. For Arizona, that had to be a positive for them because they were down so much. And for them to fight back, get it to overtime, and then fight us that much in overtime to where it ended in a tie, you have to look at it as a small victory for them and maybe a small loss for us. Definitely. I talked about this on my Tori's Take segment, which, by the way, we've turned into a live studio show, which has been super fun. I've (laughs) tweeted about it on social media, and if you guys follow the Lions social accounts, you probably saw the little live notification go out that we were live uh, on Monday afternoon with that segment. Had a blast doing it. It's really cool to kind of change and shift our content and try new things, and that's one of them that we're trying this year, and I am absolutely loving it. But that aside, mm-hmm. uh, I talked about it on Tori's take about how on the Lions side it felt like a loss, but on the Cardinal side it's being treated like a win. <laughs> I was riding in uh, the lift to the airport on, uh, you know, when I was leaving Arizona, and the Phoenix radio stations were talking about what a great game it was yes. and how great Kyler Murray was, yes. and oh man, this was such a great showing from the Cardinals. And on the other side of things, even though on the stat sheet it's the same result for both teams it was the exact opposite it it really was and even Tori getting back here and listening to talk radio in Detroit and it was all it was negative it really was they they people don't understand how the law the league got blown like that you know it's just a lot of things that people were kind of disillusioned about because of that game and you're right I mean you have to look at it for the Lions as a loss I mean a game that you clearly control from start <laughs> almost through four quarters and like I say just to let uh, Arizona get the momentum get back into the game and really control the game once they got it they really really controlled the game and you have to say the Lions were lucky to get out of there with a tie because you know it could have been the opposite way where we could have took a loss so you know yeah you're happy for the tie because it doesn't say a loss but to me, you know, just the psyche of the guys and what went on, it, it just feels that way. Well, I was in the locker room after the game. Uh, we were doing our post-game show, which is involving a little bit more locker room content mm-hmm. this year. And I was in the locker room, and uh, it felt like a 
loss locker room. It, it felt like how the locker room feels after a loss. Yeah, it, you're absolutely right. And even interviewing Coach Patricia, you know, it's just you could feel just him being deflated about what happened. You know, him saying that we had a lead and we couldn't hold on to the lead. So you can Not just, just kind of feel a lead, it. but like a, a significant <laughs> lead. Late in the game, too. I think that's the most disturbing part was we had the lead almost for the what for almost four quarters and again an 18 point lead and just for it to evaporate like that it, it was just disheartening it really was yeah disheartening is definitely a way to put it well you said you know people are wondering why did they blow the lead so let me ask you Lomas <laughs> what happened what fell apart in the fourth quarter well to be honest with you Tori I, I thought we were getting great pressure on Kyler all game long I, I was watching his feet back in the pocket and they were never settled he was all he just had the jittery feet and you could see it with his throws he wasn't accurate with his throws but then we let him get comfortable. We stopped bringing a lot of pressure, especially that middle pressure in his face. And I think he settled, as any good quarterback's going to do. If you give a good quarterback five to six seconds to look back there, they're going to find a receiver. You just can't cover receivers for that long. And then you can just slowly see the momentum going. He started finding Larry Fitzgerald. He started getting um, hitting um, his running back. Um, so everything just started going in the opposite way. And I always say this about football. Once the momentum starts going your way or the momentum leaves, you it's hard to get it back and you can just see that with the Lions and like I say they have to be happy we came out of that game with a tie because we could have easily lost that game something Matt Patricia talked about uh, when we interviewed him for our coaches show on Mm -hmm. Fox Sports Detroit this week Uh, we go over the film kind of talk to him what did you feel like went wrong or what did you feel like needed to be corrected and he mentioned Larry Fitzgerald really having a great game there I, I don't think it was what Larry Fitzgerald done. I just think it was Kyler progressing in the offense, getting mm. more easy, more settled in that offense. And he was able, if you look at it, Tory, towards the end of the game in the fourth quarter, not, the first half, he wasn't able to scan the whole field. The fourth quarter, he was able to look from left to right, back right to left. So that's just too much time. So I, I just really felt I wish we could have kept bringing the pressure. That A-gap pressure with the two linebackers coming in that A-gap was giving him a lot of problems. And I wish we could have just continued to do that or at least found other ways of getting more pressure on him. You look at the Lions offense and the whole debacle with the timeout and then the third down where they didn't convert. Then you get the blocked punt right after that. What did you think of that whole exchange? That was ugly. You're right about that. I think the biggest – uh, one of the biggest plays or the biggest play to me was the timeout. I mean, you had an excellent play call, and you could just see the frustration with Matthew. We could even see it way up there in the press box that he was frustrated about not being trusted. But I said this earlier, Tori, that comes to that comes down to being together, practicing together, being in those situations. And when you don't 
have preseason snaps. You never get a chance. You could work it in practice all you want to. You could set it up and do situational things in practice. It would never duplicate the speed of a game. I don't care if you do the joint practices or not. It'll never duplicate that. So when your first real action, seeing these guys coming at you 110 miles an hour is in the game, then a lot of things go wrong. A lot of things you're thinking about, a lot of other things. And and, and coaches are the same way. So to me, it was just the, the lack of being able to practice as a team full out, which the whole league has this problem now. It's just going to be a process that these offenses go through. A couple of the other teams didn't have real good offensive outputs, and I do think that's because the chemistry isn't there yet and the practice time hadn't been there yet to see a lot of different looks and to be able to dissect some of these different looks that they see. All right. Well, we've talked about the problems in Arizona. (laughs) And in the fourth quarter, there were a lot. But let's talk about the good things that we saw from this team because for three quarters, they were fun to watch. I mean, at halftime, I was thinking, this is a team that could be really fun this year. Their offense, every touchdown they've had has been exciting. We've had some big chunk plays. Mm -hmm. We've had an amazing touchdown from Danny Amendola, and TJ Hawkinson was just on fire. He still finished the day with a record day Mm -hmm. as a rookie tight end. There were a lot of really good things that we saw in the first three quarters. I was so impressed with Coach Darrell Belville, how he called the first half of that game. I thought everything he did, it it just had a rhythm to it. I don't think I've seen the same formation. I might have seen the same formation once. Out of that whole first half, he was changing up formation, bringing the tight ends tight, getting them out wide putting guys in the slot position, moving the slot. He was doing so many things that kept that defense of Arizona on their heels. And then we get to the second half, and I just think, to me, I just think what happened was we couldn't run the ball. We, we started becoming one-dimensional because when we tried to run the ball, we weren't getting a lot of positive yards running the ball. So, therefore, we started doing other things that took us out of our comfort zone. And I just think for this offense to flourish – you got to establish the run first. Uh, I think we ran the ball maybe 18 times for maybe 40, 50 yards. I'm not really sure, but that's not enough to be a threat to a defense so they will respect the run. So to me, everything seemed like it's predicated off off the run first, then pass second, which I like. I think you take the ball out of Matthew's hands some and, you know, put it in other guys' hands. But when you need Matthew, like we needed him late in the game, then you give him you give him the reins. You let him take over and do things. But I just think you have to run the ball to make him comfortable and make everything else run early in the game. Well, on the topic of seeing so many different formations, I remember a time on this podcast when you and I would talk and – you would say window dressings. Yeah. We need window dressings. There's not you enough do. window dressings in the formations on offense. Are I there like window dressings now? Yeah. It, I'm telling you, I was so impressed with Coach Belville. I, I like what he's doing. We just have to be able to sustain that. Now, Tori, we didn't play as well as we can up front. You know, the offensive line had a few problems up front, so we didn't play as well as we could have, but – 
if we can, if we could establish a run. I think Coach does a lot in getting guys in positions to have success, and I do. I think we're creative with some of the window dressing. I like how you said that. <laughs> with some of our window dressing, I do think we're creative. So I'm looking for this offense to continue to do what it does. We just got to sustain it, that 60 minutes. Well, got the window dressing term from yeah. you, Lomas. <laughs> uh, you know, that offensive line, though, what do you think was going wrong when it came to running the ball? Was that an offensive line problem? I know, uh, you know, they had a little bit of issues with Chandler Jones yes. getting after Matthew Stafford. Uh, he took a couple of tough hits uh, yes, there in that game, um, and that was uh, certainly a protection issue. What did you feel like was going wrong when it came to the offensive line? Yeah, I was a little surprised. I thought our tackles would be the strong part of the offensive line. I thought we might struggle in the middle with the two guards in the center, but we ended up ta- struggling at the tackle position, like you said, with Matthew taking a couple of sacks and taking a couple of hits that you don't want him to do. But, again, we have to get more physical up front as an offensive line. A couple of times we were coming off the ball high, and you know the low man wins in football. The lowest guy is going to win. So we were getting our pad level a little high, and technique-wise wasn't as clean as it could have been. So I know those are things with those guys playing together with Coach uh, Davison he should be able to clean those things up. Those are things that don't bother me. Now, the thing with me is trying to keep the consistency because you're right, Matthew can't take hits like that. I don't think he'll be able to last a whole season taking sacks and hits like that. So, to me, if they could work on their technique work, again, get back to running the ball early in the game, establish the line of scrimmage, I think it'll help everything. It will definitely help them later on in the game because offensive linemen, you don't like passing. I mean, that's the hardest block out of, out of the two run blocking and pass blocking is the hardest thing to do. So as a lineman, you would love to run the ball a lot more than you pass the ball. What did you make of Carrion Johnson not getting as much run as we might have seen him get in the past? Well, I, I mean, again, I don't think he's a guy that we could beat up all season long. So I, I do like him and uh, CJ. You know, I call CJ my thumper, the little thumper. So I like him and the little thumper getting in there, mixing it up a little bit more. I would have liked to see see uh, seeing Carrion run the ball a little bit more, but I think the game started dictating what they were going to try to do or what they could do, especially in the second half when they started making a comeback, I just think we have to use those guys. And and with a tight end, the tight ends we have too, Tori, that's going to be able to help us in the run game a lot. Become a Lions season ticket member today and gain access to the most favorable seating locations at Ford Field. Exclusive member events, discounts on Lions merchandise, and personalized account service. Secure your seat today. Call 313-262-262. 2222 or visit DetroitLions.com for more information. All right, let's flip the page and move on. We're flipping. We're flipping the page. Yes. We're moving on <laughs> to the Chargers. The yes. Lions are coming home uh, for their first home game of the season. That's a little bit of advantage of an advantage mm-hmm. there. They've got a really tough slate coming up here yes. in these next few games. The Chargers were kind of in the same situation as the Lions last weekend, but they ended up coming out with the win, mm-hmm. uh going into overtime tied uh you know, what do you make of how the Lions will have to turn things around yeah. in this first week at home? No, you're right. I to me, I thought Arizona was a must win. I'm back to thinking 
this game, the Chargers, is a must win. And I'm saying that from the standpoint of your psyche, mental psyche, because these guys, they have to be down a little bit after this game. You have to. I don't care who you are. You're just a little down after this game. And I just think just for their mental psyche, they need a victory, especially against a good team like the Chargers. You know, Phillip Rivers, future Hall of Fame quarterback. And they don't have all their pieces, too. So, to me, this is a good time to face a Los Angeles Chargers team right now when they're not fully healthy. Melvin Gordon's out. Uh, the Derwin James is out. Um they still have a formidable defense with Ingram and Bosa rushing off the end. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so we're definitely going to have to protect Matthew. But, again, I just think we could take a little a little it out of that rush of theirs if we're able to run the ball. I think that will take a little starch out of them being able to get upfield and get after Matthew. Well, the Chargers allowed quite a few yards on the ground yes, last week, and I believe it was over 200 yards on the ground. Right the through the middle, too, Tori. That's where the Colts gashed them through the middle of their defense. You're right. So should we be expecting a big day from C.J. Anderson? I, I think we should, both. I, I think we should. That To me, after watching, what the, watching how they got gutted in the middle, yes. I mean, to me, establish the run. When you got a team wounded, a team down, kick them while they're down. And that's not their strong point, char- the Chargers' strong point. So to me, grind it. Go after their weakness right now, which is running the ball. So, I, I yeah, I'm definitely looking for a carry-on and for CJ to have a big game running the ball against them. All right. Well, I'm looking forward to this weekend, too. Lions are going to be back at home. It's the first home game of the regular season. Ford Field's always pretty high. It's going to be rocking. Those home games are always a blast, and I'm really (laughs) looking forward to it. Lomas, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast this week. We enjoy having you, as always, and we'll see you at Ford Field on Sunday. Absolutely. See you.